Welcome to Social Capital Expert, a show where we discover the value of social capital and how cultivating strategic relationships is critical to our success. In each episode, your host, Sarah Francis McDaniel, will explore the stories of fascinating people from all over the world to better understand how their ability to build relationships has led to their success. We will uncover tips, tricks, and practical ways that you too can become a social capital expert. Hi, and welcome to the show. I'm real excited to have our special guest, Holly Scott, here with us today. Holly, thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks for having me. This is fun. This is going to be fun. I, uh, <laughs> I agree. So, um, you know, tell us a little bit about where you are today, but really, I want to go and get a little bit of background with you. Do you mind? Not at all. I'd love to share. Um, so uh, today I am the group publisher and vice president at Wiesner Media, and we are a family-owned business here in Denver. Um, I run Colorado Homes and Lifestyles and Mountain Living Magazines. Colorado Homes is 40 years old this year, and uh, Mountain Living is in our 26th year. Um, so that's where I am today. I've been there for mm, nearly two decades, so yeah, 19, 19 years this summer. Awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So, so we'll come back to where you are um, today, but before that, will you just kind of give us a little bit of your story? Absolutely. Um, I guess I, I mean, I, I think I've wanted to do this. I know I've wanted to do this since I was a little girl. I started a newspaper on my street when I was 12 years old. <laughs> Um, so I have been in the media business, as I always say, since I was 12, uh, but truly have always been inspired by the stories of people, by words, by reading, by taking pictures, by just putting together little stories. And that's been, you know, I mean, speaking kind of a, in my childhood, that was something that I was just very passionate about and uh, always was big into television as well thought maybe I would be the next Mary Hart on Entertainment Tonight, for people who know that show. I can see that. <laughs> I can totally see that. I thought that would be a blast. Well, thank you. It was a huge compliment. Um, and she had those legs, you know, um, at the news desk. Anyway, uh, thought that I would kind of go that route. But I, I just always knew that I was going to be in journalism and media in some way, shape, or form, wherever that kind of took me. Um, I even dabbled in some radio uh, for a while as well, and, um, and again, when I was really young, and loved that. Uh, I thought that was fun, and again, it's all, it, it, for me, it was all about telling these stories about people and learning um, new things and just being curious. I've just always been this um, curious you know, child, young woman, and now <laughs> older woman, um, about uh, learning about people. So that's how it kind of all started. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. So <laughs> I knew it. I didn't know that specifically, but I knew that people have always been a priority or are, are definitely a passion and priority for you. Um, okay, so tell us more. So where are you from and where did kind of this whole thing start when, when you were 12? Where were you? <laughs> Uh, when I was 12, I was here in Colorado, so I'm a semi-native. I actually am originally from Kentucky. Uh, my entire family um, was all born and bred in Kentucky, and a lot of them still live there to this 
day. Uh, we moved out here when I was probably 10 years old and out to Colorado. And um, so I've lived here most of my life. I did leave for a short time and moved to Dallas where I worked at D Magazine. And so got a taste of uh, Dallas media. And that was uh, just a totally different environment. Very, very interesting, very different than um, obviously than Colorado, but it taught me a lot. I was um, lucky enough to work on one fashion issue that that comes to mind that was just a ball to work on. So. But I was awesome. like in the beginning of my career. So I had a little bit of, you know, I was writing and a little bit of like being a gopher, you know, yeah. running around. Hey, we all have that, you know, we have to start somewhere. Yes. Yes. And, and even then, I mean, sometimes even when you've been in it for a long time, you still do gopherish stuff, you know? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I say that I am never above schlepping magazines. I mean, I'm always like, doesn't matter what position I've been in through the years, I'm always like schlepping some magazines around. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, so you came from the, the D-Mag in Dallas and then what, where, what did the transition into Colorado Homes and Lifestyles and the Weisner Group, what did that look like? Right. Um, it, it's kind of been an interesting uh, journey for me because when I, I went to school actually at Colorado State and I did major in journalism and news editorial. So that really took me down the track of um, being, you know, I, I was a writer, an editor, I took pictures, I did layouts, um, I did all sorts of things in magazines and newspapers um, all around Colorado. Um, and so I... I think that that track, I really, I loved it. That was always my passion. And then as I started to kind of move into, um, I guess, more elaborate, um, you know, uh, positions or roles at various magazines and newspapers, I had a publisher say to me, hmm, I feel like you should try sales as well. And I said, oh gosh, no, that's the dark side. You know, I, I am... I am an editor. I am a, I'm a writer. I'm, I want to continue my journalism passions and use my degree. And he's like, no, I really think you should give it a shot. So um, at the time, I thought, well, if I really want to understand the entire scope of the publishing business, I need to also see what this is like. So I got into sales and um, actually loved it because I, to me, again, it was just learning about people. And it was writing their stories and figuring out what are their needs and what are their marketing needs. What are, you know, it, it's a little bit of a shift, but it's in that same family of how can I connect people to their next um, buyer. And so that, I ended up loving it. And it was, it was very shocking to me that I loved it. It was like a whole new facet of yourself that you were just getting to explore. Right, exactly, exactly. So, okay, so then you started in sales. Is that how you initially came on? So I started, so with color, so yeah, the yeah, I guess, I guess from there, I actually worked over at, I worked at Westward, um, which is New, New Times Publishing at the time. And so I quickly, um, lo I loved sales there. And then I got quickly into management, uh, sales management. And I then also uh, started to really, value that piece of the business and I thought oh my gosh leading people to common goals this is amazing this is completely in my um, wheelhouse so from there I thought I this is it I want to be in media management and managing people and leading people uh, to a common goal and to success 
And so that was really um, a pivotal point, pivotal, pivotal point in my career. Um, and that shortly thereafter, I started at Mountain Living. Awesome. Okay. So, um, you know, so tell us more about yourself. Like, so are you married and kids and have a family? Yes, I am uh, very lucky in that realm. I'm married. I have two boys. They are 12 and 14. <clears throat> it's a little hard to get, get those ages out for me. Uh, I live in Denver. Um, I have one dog. Um, big fluffy dog and uh, yeah it's great my I, I feel very blessed with our with our family they're the most important thing for you know it, for me I mean in my yeah. life so yeah and the reason I ask um, is more just to understand you know the full picture it's like Holly uh, I've known you for several I mean probably going on a decade yes. Um and you know if there's anything that I know about you it's that you have social capital you have a lot of appreciation of the community they you're a you're a valuable piece of how people connect in our industry you help bring people together you have a you have a reputation that precedes you and people trust you and um you know that stuff doesn't happen just by accident that is intentional and and so then to show just kind of you as full person and just that's why i asked about your family kind of how you got right. started is so that we can sort of see that you know there's these things that we see from the outside and when we're in connection with you but there's this this way that relationships and that building trust and being reliable and and having that kind of people being able to be confident in their relationship with you is something that goes with your family professionally personally right. and it's been a lifestyle for you can you Absolutely. share with us like, yeah. Can oh, you share that means so, sort of your philosophy on Well, it means, it means so much to me what you just said. I mean, the connectivity and the community and, and building those relationships, they really are everything. Um, and I think that for me, it's just showing up, you know, showing up in your life and showing up. I show up as a wife, I show up as a mom, and I show up as a community leader and, um, as, and as a leader in our business. So I think being there for people and hopefully um, you're able to always do what you say that you're going to do. And if you, and if you fail, also to admit failure. Um, I'm also the first person to laugh at myself. I mean, I am always like, oh my gosh, I screwed that up. I'm so <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and hopefully we don't fall in the same hole twice. But I think that, you know, more than anything, um, it's being genuine. It's showing up and being genuine, being authentic, being your, your own true self. And I think that it... Um, I don't know if that happens through experience or through just kind of, for me, it was a little bit of an, of, of an awakening, if you will. Um, you know, there was time, there was a time in there, I think it was about, I don't know, 2000, oh, yeah, 2007, when things were very shaky with the economy, as we, many of us remember, and I was about to have my second child. And I had a two-year-old and, you know, terrible twos, about to have his baby. And then we are, like, in economic, like, hemorrhaging, Brutal. you know. Yeah. yeah, everything was just crazy. And I just remember thinking to myself, you know, what do I really need to focus on? What is the most important thing in my life? And at that time, I made a list of my values, you know, my true values. What are, what are my values and how can I line them up with this life? 
that I've been given. And, you know, we, it sounds so cliche, but we have one life to live. We might as well live the best life that we can and be that authentic person and be a caring person. It taught me so much, that time taught me so much about empathy, empathy for women, empathy for young, you know, I mean, men too, young parents, you know, um, the economic crisis that we were in together uh, for businesses, businesses that were like, hmm, it's, this is really, really hard. How can you help me? You know, yeah. and just being, um, again, authentic, genuine, you know, a person, being a real person. Yeah, it's amazing how we are so much more similar than we are different. You know, it's, yeah, it's interesting how if we take the time to connect with the people around us, we find that we really are a lot more alike in our experiences than we are, um, you know, different. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's also about, you know, vulnerability and just letting our true selves shine and letting things happen, like letting things just unfold. It's really hard to, you know, I think in the beginning, you know, I definitely grew up as this kind of type A, I've got to do this and I've got to do this and I've got to do this, you know, and checking off the list. And I still have that element of myself. I have to watch out, you know, but it's the need to control that I've let go of. I don't need to control every situation, every, you know, person. People are not meant to be controlled, right? People are going to do whatever they're going to do. And it's my job as a leader to find out how to bring the best out of people and to let them be the best, you know, the best that they can be. Um, and it's in their own way, in their own path, in their own time sometimes. Yeah. Um, and all of that's good. And I do the same thing with my kids, you know, it's, they're not going to be, and they're not going to do every single thing that I want them to do. <laughs> yeah, I, I struggle with that sometimes too. Uh, and sometimes the hardest person I'm on is myself when I have this, um, this need for control or perfectionism. <laughs> right? I, I yes. think, you know, it's like, and I think you, I wanted to, to go back to something you said, which was vulnerability, you know, and, and it kind of all plays into that where it's this, this uh, letting go of, of the need to be everything we think we have to be that then can kind of open us up to be vulnerable. Do you mm -hmm. agree? And that's sort of how yes. people are willing to connect with us. It's that, exactly. It's that self-deprecating, like, oh my gosh, I, I drove off again with the coffee cup on, on the hood of my car, <laughs> you know, and I rolled it over it. And then I came to work and I had two different earrings on and whatever. I mean, like, that's how we relate to people because that's real and that's real life. And right. we're not robots, you know, we're not, we're not here to be perfect. That's, that's not what it's all about. And so I think I've gotten through a lot of my life by laughing, by working really hard and laughing at myself. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I love to laugh. Yeah, that's like one of my favorite things. Um, it's all usually pretty ridiculous stuff, but I think it's funny. I know, right? Yeah. Um, you know, you had something else that you mentioned um, about really encouraging the people around you, your team, your family, but to be the best that they can be. Can you share with us just sort of things that we can be more aware of that can help us yes. encourage others to be the best that they can be? Absolutely. I, I think one of the main things is we all have our innate talents, right? We all have things we just know we're good at. They're the things that you don't have to think about, right? You just, you roll out of bed and you know that you, you can do something well. Like my husband, he can just cook. There can be like a can of beans, 
and some wilty old salad in there and some marinara sauce. And all of a sudden he's got this like gourmet thing, right? So he doesn't have to think about it. He's just innately talented in the kitchen. He's just great at that. And I think that certain people, or I think with all of us, we should definitely do, you know, go toward our talents, work on our talents. Now, there's all the things that we're not good at, right? There's, I mean, we all have a list of things that we're not good at. Budgets, that's one of mine. Um, but you have to, you know, it's part of your job, your role, your career that you have to do. And you have to really put some heat and light on that and have patience with yourself. So that's kind of what I teach everybody. Like there's always going to be these things that you don't want to do and you have to do it. A lot of, you know, a lot of people, it's difficult conversations. People yeah. don't want to call someone and have that like really difficult conversation. But those are the things that help us to grow. And those are the things and the times that we learn the most about ourselves. And we learn the most about our client or our partner or whatever it is, is, is being able to kind of open things up and share in those difficult times and be there for each other. Absolutely. Um, thank you for sharing, Holly. And I'm curious, um, you know, in the, in the essence of social capital, can you sort of share with us how you see your network or those relationships really being instrumental overall to your ability to achieve the things you want to do? Absolutely. Um, you know, I think that truly they're everything and they make it so who you are as a, as a person and how you can relate with others and, um, and how you can bring people together is more important than the product you're selling, right? It's, it, that's more important than anything. And my, my grandfather sold vacuum cleaners, you know, and I think about that, like getting onto like a train with a vacuum cleaner and like doing your sales day. And, um, but I thought, you know, it wasn't about, he always said this to me, it wasn't about the vacuum cleaner and like all the benefits and the products and the gadgets and the things that it did. It was about him. It was about him going out and relating to people and that connect, that connection that they created. And maybe it was over something that had nothing, it usually is, has nothing to do <laughs> totally. with the vacuum cleaner, right? Yeah. We're talking, you know, they would tell old, you know, farm stories or, you know, all these different stories. And so that was what the connection was. And so I definitely feel like that's something that I'm constantly doing. I'm not, tr again, talents, right? I'm not trying to do it. I just start blurting out things from what happened <laughs> this morning. Yeah. And I just start talking and not being um, shy to share um, because we all have such commonal commonalities. We're all people. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Um, can you share with us sort of, you know, you, you said not being shy or, or kind of afraid to, to share. Do you have any sort of tips for people who maybe are sort of trying to become more comfortable in the space of putting themselves out there in order to build social capital? Yes. Um, one of the big things when I started at Mountain Living, um, and I'm sorry, my stories are probably so roundabout, but I'll make it there. Um, but okay. my, very, my very first day, we were heading up to Vail, and I'll never forget, I put on a full black suit, and I got in the car with um, one, of our, one of my colleagues, and I'm like, here we go, and she's like, what are you wearing? And I said, we're, we're going on business meetings, I'm wearing my, my suit, and she said, we're going to Vail, you know, like, where everyone's going to be in jeans, you know, and so um, I guess my point to that is I learned my lesson in that we, we have to realize that we're 
we have to be a little bit of a chameleon, I guess, in different situations. So if it's hard for you, I would find out what's going, if you're going like I was to Vail, I should have found out ahead of time a little bit about what, if, what are people wearing for business appointments there. They thought I was a tax collector that day, um, but I, you know, couldn't do anything about it. Um, and then I always would read everything I could get my hands on. I'd go and get the local newspaper in a particular market, find out what's going on there. So you have some tidbits of information before you start working on a particular, if it's a, if you're a salesperson and you're working on a ge geographic area, or if you are a salesperson working on a new product, it's all about getting as much information as you can so that you're knowledgeable and so you have something that you can start to talk about with people that gets gets con you know conversation starters um because not everyone wants to talk about my dog i realize so there are things you know you, not everybody just wants to talk about you know how beautiful the weather is today they want to talk about real things and what's going on so i think making yourself as knowledgeable as possible is a great idea i'm a crazy reader all i do is read i read until i drop down dead at night i read everything oh well what are you reading right now that's of interest <laughs> I'm reading everything. I mean, I'm usually reading like three books at the same time. Um, I'm reading Where, uh, Where the Where Craw, Crawdads Sing. Oh, yeah. I just saw that on Audible. Is it okay. good? It's fantastic. Okay. I just finished a Tanishi Coates book, and uh, the name now is escaping me. It's wonderful. It's a letter. Um, it's a letter to his son. Um, so it's autobiog autobiographical. It's amazing. Um, and then I'm always reading design books and I'm reading a million things online all the time and New York Times and New Yorker. Yeah, just read, read, read. That's awesome. And, and I think it's a good point, though. It's that idea of being interesting, you know, yes. and, and it's like you, you also made a comment about always having been a curious person. Yes. And, you know, and I think those two kind of go hand in hand in the sense that you have to be interesting and you have to be interested in the people yes. around you. Absolutely. You know, I, someone um, very smart said this to me one time. It's like going to a cocktail party. And then if I just sat there and I talked about myself the entire time, the whole cocktail party would like split from me. You know, they'd be like, oh my gosh. But if I'm at the cocktail party and I'm like, what do you do? How are you? I love those shoes. What's going on? And I am interested in everybody else around me and what they're doing. Now I've got a crowd of people that are, we're, they're all connecting and we're all connecting together. And that to me is social capital. I mean, you're creating a place, a safe place for everyone to get together and express who they are. Yeah, it's, it's actually really fun. And it's, I, it's like, I mean, I'm obviously super passionate about it. I just think it's amazing how it works. Cause I think, you know, it, it feels like, oh, I'm not selling. I really should be pushing my product. But instead of talking about this person and connecting these people, and maybe this isn't, um, am I ever going to get to the point of selling? But the reality of it is, is that all of that and creating that, like you said, like that safe place, it's just awesome how productive it actually is if you're there for the yeah. long haul, if you're there for the full length of the game and you plan to stick around in that job or that industry or that community, yes. um, you know, it's like, it's pretty invaluable what you can be building by what you just said. I mean, I just have a perfect visual of what you said about just, you know, bringing that whole group together and creating the synergy around the conversation, giving everyone a space at the table 
And, That's right. um, and just how powerful that is. Yeah, letting everybody you know, shine their colors and really show their innate talents um, by sharing and networking together. It's great. And to go back to your point with selling, I do this sales training. Um, it's like a 10-week you know, program. And in that, I started off by saying it's not selling. Like if you thought that you tuned in to have me teach you how to do selling, that's not what we're going to do. What we're going to do is figure out how to learn about people and how to learn about their businesses and how to, you know, you take all that. You have to do like eight weeks of training before I even tell you like, now here's how you sell our stuff, yeah. right? Or here's how you present our things because yeah. that is not important. You're there to build a relationship and see if you can help find um, a fit with that person or, or help fill a need or solve a problem for them. Yeah, that's absolutely. That's exactly it. It's adding value and, and figuring out how to be part of a solution and, and helping them overcome their challenges. I mean, and it's really actually cool. I mean, if you look at it from that perspective, there's so much opportunity um, yes. to be, have an impact because everybody right. has a need of some kind. Yes. And, um, and eventually, if you can do that appropriately and kind of help to be there, um, you know, most definitely when the opportunity arises for them to buy whatever it is that you sell, they right. want to do it. Exactly. It's no exactly. longer a sell. It's not a sell. Exactly. It's not, you're not like being the closer. You know, yeah. um, what's the movie where you have the closers? Anyway, um, I can't <laughs> believe I can't think of it right now. Alec Baldwin, I can see him. Um, but it's not, yeah, you're not closing. You're there to help push, help show the values and help kind of move that relationship where that relationship is going to go and show those benefits to people. So I think the biggest advice I would continue to give people is to learn what you're good at, good at work on the things that are challenging for you, be patient with yourself and um, just take a step back and just realize it needs to also be a little bit more natural. You know, we all know when we're kind of being sold to and it makes you just ooh, step away and you're like, I'm not interested. You can just tell there's just a feeling about it. So totally. Yeah, it, it's a, that just kind of continues with the idea of doing to others as you want done to yourself. That's right. right? I mean, nobody wants to be sold in that way. Um, I'm curious, you know, in your position, if there's something like, if there's sort of a, a lesson that you've learned in these, this time that you've been um, at the magazine that you, maybe it was a hard lesson learned, maybe it was like you said, an awakening type lesson, but is mm -hmm. there something that you learned that really has, has changed your life that you would like to share? Um, yes, I think one of the big things um, has been creating my own balance. We all talk about balance and we all talk about self-care and there's so much out, that, out there about that. Um, but nobody is going to do it except for you. And that was a huge lesson for me. I think that I've, um, you know, I, I was the type that was really burning it at both ends and just not taking care of myself at all. And what starts to happen is you become really resentful and you realize everyone around you is kind of like, ugh, she's not very much fun to be around. And you start to get impatient and you start to get, um, it, there is like a desperation in your voice. So if you are in sales, it's not a good place to be because you're not taking care of yourself and you're kind of desperate for everything and people can sense that. And they're like, wait, is there a catch to this? Should I not be buying this right now? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> So for me, the turning point was realizing, you know, I had two 
tiny kids. I was, um, you know, the business was changing. We were being, um, we actually were sold at the time of when the recession and everything was happening. Um, so I was adapting to a new company as well. I mean, all that was going on. So I was sleeping like four hours a night. I, you know, it's like had dirty hair. I was crazy. I was on two phones at the same time, you know, just running around circles. And I, I think that, yeah, that was a big, huge turning point when I said, whoa, stop. Like, this is madness. And if I continue this way, I am going to burn out before, you know, before the age of 35, I'm going to be like a total burnout. This is going to be, I'm going to be done, you know? So I really stopped at that point and started to realize what are the most important things. And the most important thing was my health. First of all, got to take care of myself, got to get more sleep than four hours. Um, and starting to delegate, there was, th there were things that I said, you know, let me train you how to do this. Let me show you how you can do this. You're a you know, very able-bodied, very smart person on my team. Why am I not showing you how to do this? So starting to train everyone on my team to do all these millions of things that I was just taking on um, myself. So that was, that was big. And then working out. I was like, I love to work out. I haven't been working out. I need to go work out. And taking the time and just telling everybody, like, I'm going to work out. You know, there's not, I don't need to hide. I don't need to have an excuse for it. It's <laughs> got to go take care of myself. And then when I come back, I'm going to take care of everybody else, you know, and it's going to be good. And then I, as soon as that switch kind of turned on, I, I just became, it's going to sound cheesy, but I became the person that I really feel like I was meant to be. That's awesome. And that's huge. Thank you for sharing. Cause I think that's a real challenge for a lot of us and, um, you know, trying to find that place and then give value to that space to, um, to, to care for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And realizing too, that not everything is an emergency. I mean, it couldn't possibly be an emergency, <laughs> right? It's not like quadrants, you know, where you have a quadrant one, two, three, four, urgent, important, not urgent, you know, it's all that really looking at that. And I did, I studied that and I thought, gosh, none of these things are really quadrant one. Quadrant one is like urgent and like people are literally bleeding out, you know, <laughs> it's urgent. <laughs> Earthquakes, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. The big things and, yes. um, and learning to just allow some of the things that can wait to wait. They um, can wait and people can. can wait. People are very understanding that's the other thing. Um, you just learn, um, and, but you have to also give everyone on your team permission to start to create some boundaries um, with you, with that in mind. You teach them that too. So when they come in, they're like, oh, can I talk to you right now? And you're like, well, what's it about? Um, it's about this and this. Well, when is it due? Oh, it's not due until next Tuesday. All right. So <laughs> let's talk in three days. You know, how long is it going to take us to prepare? Yeah. Let's talk in two to three days about that. Let me go ahead and you know, jot you down. We're going to have an appointment about that. And then boom, that's it. Because otherwise yeah. you're going to have 10 things happen like that throughout the day. And then you can't get anything it. done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that's great insight and something we can definitely use um, in our, in our own lives. And, and that's really, you know, part of what I love to do with this show is just, you know, apply and give practical ways that we can either become more aware or change certain things or just implement new things and really start to see relationships bring value and um, and be able to invest in those. And so thank you so much for sharing with us some of the things that have really worked and that you continue to do in your life. Um, 
Can you tell us more just about what's going on now? I know we kind of led up to now, but now give us the story. Um, yeah. What's going on and how can we support you? Oh gosh, thank you. I, you know, things have changed so much in media and also stay the same. I mean, we, you know, I just remember when people were starting to come out and say things like, print is dead, you know, and, and then it was like, no, no, print's very much alive. And, it, you know, there's been so much change. And I think that um, right now we are truly an integrated media company. I mean, I don't look at it as we have magazines and that's it. You know, we are offering so much value now and it's so fun to be in the media industry and continue to innovate and continue to, um, think through new ideas and the way people are um, consuming media. I mean, that is so exciting. And I, I think that the professionals who have survived and thrived in media, they have to embrace that. You know, they have to be all about the change. And so I, you know, now if people say, gosh, do you think that print magazines will stick around? I truly do in the fact, there's two categories, I truly do, in the fashion and home design world, because they are so coffee table, visual type of products and brands that people want to read them in that fashion and, and dream about it and relax and curl up with it. And it's, a di it's different than curling up with your laptop and your iPad and your phone. Yeah. So I do think that that will continue. Uh, but I also think the digital space is enormous because we get to talk to everybody every day now. You know, before you'd have to wait four weeks, six weeks, they're like, okay, here's another magazine, yay. But now we can talk to them all the time and get their pulse on things. We get to engage with them in real time. Um, and that's so exciting, engaging with readers and advertisers in real time and taking their pulse on what do you like? What do you not like? What should we do more of? So yeah. I'm just loving it. And of course, events. I mean, ugh, events. They're so fun. It's so fun. Right? It, I mean, it is so fun. It'll, you're in the event world. We're so lucky. Ah, we really are. It's a lot of fun. It'll be interesting to see how events, what events look like as we continue through um, the reopening of, of the world. But, yes. um, but, you know, you mentioned about just your digital integration and yeah. as well as the print. And, uh, you know, I'm curious, do you think with, you know, as the world continues to unfold and, and reopen and whatever happens with all this, do you think that we'll continue to see personal, like what we're doing um, through digital means? Yeah, I mean, during this time, well, first of all, we have, we have seen huge growth in our digital um, consumption. I mean, our website um, traffic is blowing up. Our social media traffic is blowing up. We're gaining all new readership because people are home and oh. on their computers and their phones. So that part has been um, a, a great blessing and advantage for us um, and for a lot, obviously a lot of businesses um, to be able to activate in that way. I think print, um, it's surprising me so much, but now I get it print and direct mail are going to make a huge uh, comeback. I really do feel like that because people can get it right to their door. You know, you just, you're like, oh, I want that magazine delivered right to my door. And so I think that subscribers are actually going to go up during this time. Now, newsstands, that is going to be an area that it's really hard to predict where that's going to go because we are just not going out as much. We're obviously, you know, grocery store and there are newsstands, but I think people are very focused right now on, on the most basic things like staples of food um, yeah. and toilet paper. 
Um, <laughs> so I think that people might subscribe, you know, more so they're going to subscribe to the magazine, get it to their door versus trying to buy it on newsstands. Of course, bookstores are, are closed or most of, most of them are. But also I think things will come back. It's going to come back around and there's going to be a lot of demand for everything. Right? I Everyone's going to be like, I've got to fix this house. I need magazines. I need things. <laughs> I need clothes. <laughs> yeah. And I was thinking too, like vision boards. I mean, what would you do? How would you do a vision board without beautiful pictures and magazines too? I know. It'd be so sad. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Um, well, thank you so much for sharing. It'll be exciting to kind of see how this progresses. And, and I know you guys will be on top of and, and ahead of um, everything as it kind of continues to unfold. And um, so are there, as we kind of start to wrap up, are there any final thoughts that you'd like to share? Um, I think just, you know, moving forward, it's, it's really hard to kind of look into the future, probably for everyone right now. So I think one thing that we all just need to hold on to is our worth and where we started from and that we are valuable. And I just feel like giving a pep talk to everyone around me that we're going to be okay. <laughs> We're going to be okay. And this has been, you know, obviously so challenging and so heartbreaking and on, on a million levels. But I do think that um, there's going to be a bounce back there, you know, a, a, at some point. So I'm just excited to see the other side. And I think we all just need to work together and, and make it there. Absolutely. And I, hey, go for it. Pep talk, everybody. That's what, <laughs> I think people can use it right now. You know, it's like um, just the power of, of positivity and the power of just seeing hope at the end of this whole thing um, yes. can, do, can do major, major things for the, the world around us. And so yes. I just appreciate your uh, pep talk. I think that's awesome. And take advantage of getting lots of sleep right now and the non-commute, you know, not commuting and all <laughs> yeah. those things and, and being, if you have children or dogs, you know, taking advantage of that time and, and, uh, cause things will change again soon. So we just need to roll with it. Agreed. It's, it's kind of like sometimes I tell my single friends who are so worried about finding their significant other, it's like, Hey man, you realize that the moment you find them, it only takes one person. And the moment that you find them, the single thing is done. So like it's live over. in the moment, enjoy the single thing. Cause like that next phase will be forever. Or like, It'll you know, be forever. Yeah. And, and, and I could, I could talk for days on that subject to your single <laughs> friends too, because it's always when you least expect it. It's when you are just like, Oh, Oh my gosh. It's, wait, <laughs> It's the truth, isn't it? And, uh, and it, it's like anything in life that that's really our opportunity is to just be in the moment and, uh, and be present, enjoy it. And that's kind of where we are now. We don't know exactly how this all looks. We don't know when we might meet our significant other, but um, if we can enjoy this moment right here, we'll be right where we need to be for it to all happen. Yes, take Buddha's advice, be present, and be in the moment right now, be in the now. It's the only place to be, so. Absolutely. Well, Holly, it has been such a pleasure having you, and thank you for sharing Thanks, your time Sarah. with me. I, thank you so much. This was a blast. Yeah, well, you rock, and I look forward to continuing to see how things progress for you, and I hope that we can have you back sometime. I would love it. I would love it. And I'll see you at a, a party soon, virtual or in person. We'll see. Agreed. We need to throw a black tie virtual party. That well, I'll be there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I'm not going to wear heels. Yes, so. I know. How wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Well, thank you again, Holly. I look forward to seeing you soon. You too. Thanks, Sarah. That's all for this episode of Social Capital Expert. 
Please visit socialcapitalexpert.com for show notes, additional episodes, and to see who will be visiting us next on the show. Also, be sure to check out our upcoming Social Capital Mixers. These are events where we can connect in person to build social capital. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to having you join us for the next episode.